Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Why the Cast, man. Why the cast, man? man? Why? Why the cast, man? We're going to find out on this final episode of Why the Last Man. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. Yes, we are answering the question (laughs) why. Yes, this is the season finale and potentially... Series finale of Why the Last Man, season one, episode 10, Victoria. Obviously, at this point, we don't exactly know whether it's going to get picked up somewhere else, but this is certainly the final episode on FX on Hulu. So if you haven't watched it, go watch it because spoilers ahoy. But the broad overview of what you need to know is that everything essentially convenes or mostly everything convenes on Yorick's location. Yorick is having a good old time at this prison colony turned uh, utopia. Utopia. Idyllic, slightly uh, triggering, uh, ready to (laughs) attack at a moment's notice utopia. (laughs) Sure. There's that. And the Amazons convene there. There's a huge fight in the uh, while that's going on. Uh, Yorick tries to get away with Sonia, who he has, mind you, slept with. We'll probably talk about that at some point. And he comes face to face with Hero, who lets him go, stays with the Amazons. At the end of the episode there, Nora ends up killing Roxanne. We had speculated in a bunch of different directions here, but doesn't exactly happen how either of us expected. No. But ultimately, Nora has taken over the Amazons at the end of the episode. 355, Allison, and Yorick are headed to a new location thanks to the Culper Ring, who has given them some supplies and directions. We have seen 355's old boss in the Culper Ring, who also has Beth and Jennifer. Uh, they headed off, and they were immediately captured by those people. So Immediately. Immediately. No, no delay. I don't even think they made it out of the house, necessarily. So we're going to get a couple of reunions by the end of the episode. And the last thing that I'll mention is at this point, both Yorick and Hero, based on some hearsay and incorrect information, think their mom is dead. So yes. if this was to continue, Yorick was about to find out that it's not true very quickly. 
uh, hero, dot, dot, dot. But before we get into it, why don't we talk about the season as a whole? Obviously, I'll just throw out there, knowing this may not continue, very frustrating ending. Like, not their fault (laughs) by any means, but this is not like, ah, I feel very complete. If this doesn't continue, I'm going to feel okay. No, it's 100%. So many things left in the air. We do get some emotional resolutions here and some big moves forward. Uh, And ultimately, I feel so much better about this series as a whole in the final episode than I did in the beginning episodes, but very annoying. Well, I I mean, I agree with you, obviously, from a story point of view, but taking this season, if we were to just take this season as a one season show, um, um, as it may very well be, I thought this was a really effective um, way to wrap it up, especially the sections in here where we we flashback to the Brown family um, having dinner. Um, and we see them at the top of the episode all together um, and from the jump, like super happy. And then we see all of the pieces sort of spiral out um, as we learn more about more about the family. They're falling apart over the course of the episode as members of the family are converging on each other. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we just get Hero and Yorick getting together, but it's on the table that um, that Jen uh, and Yorick are going to be. Oh, you guys are you guys are friends. You're allowed to call her Jen. Jen Brown. I'm friends with yeah. the fictional character. I mean, with the, when it comes to a fictional character, I do. I've been hanging out with for Jen. ten hours. For ten hours, that's a friendship. Um, if we were to ever count the hours we've spent together, Alex, <laughs> and I'm not saying we should do that because I, I don't think we should. Uh, no, we definitely should. But who? Just real quick, uh, who are you better friends with, me or uh, fictional character Jenny Brown? Oof, right now, Jen. No. But. Uh, but, you know, she's not here. So it's sort of sure. like, you know, grass is always greener. Mm-hmm. If I was doing I have a podcast with her, obviously, too, where we <laughs> actually talk about you. Oh, um, yeah, you recap why, my life. Why the Zalb, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to so, res- I got to subscribe to that. <laughs> it's, we need subscribers. Let me be honest. It's a very niche podcast. Uh, but anyway, what I was saying is. We have, as the family sits apart in the flashbacks and we have the convergence coming together here, I thought this was such an effective way of combining all the themes of this season and this series and coupling that with the revelations of the Amazons, a group that we've been scared of, Roxanne, a villain that we've built up over the course of so much, and to have them come into town and be so thoroughly wrecked by these people that we are are made to feel are vulnerable – um, because they're they're in living in this idyllic world, and they just wreck the Amazons. I was like, oh, what a great turnaround and a great way to show that in the real world you can't be all noise like mm-hmm. they they have been so far. And just great walk away information from this uh, this season. And even though uh, to bring it back to your question, even though it wasn't satisfying, um, if this is the last episode from just the, the straight up story. I do think this is a great one-season series of television, even on its own. Yeah, totally fair. I think I am really just talking about from a plot perspective, because nothing is finished there uh, with any of these characters. But you're absolutely right from the emotional perspective, and in particular, not to keep harping on these flashback scenes, but they tie so nicely with Nora's speech at the end of the episode, which tease up the the name of the episode, Victoria, that her whole thing is her name was Victoria. She didn't like it. She didn't like the name she was given. So she went by Nora 
for most of her life, but ultimately she's owning it again. She's becoming Victoria. She's saying she's Victoria. And this contrasts with what we see in these dinner scenes with the Browns, where they're walking on eggshells around each other. They're not being their true selves. They're not being honest. When Hero is honest, when they ask her who you're dating, and she says, oh, it's this guy. He's married. He has uh, a kid. So we're not spending a lot of time together. It's mostly very casual. That's exactly the sort of thing you can't say. She later on reveals that she was vetted for nine hours when Jennifer was elected or going to be elected. And all of this, ultimately, the the thing that they're leaving us with here that really, it seems to me, the series has been about all along is about who we are up front and who we actually are inside and how this apocalypse ultimately has revealed a lot of these cracks and uh, truths. It's easy to sort of fake your way through your day or your week or your life when the world is chill. But when <laughs> when everything gets messed up, when everything gets upended, you can't get away with that. Like people don't, A, don't tolerate um, that kind of subterfuge and just like bullshit. It, it'll get you killed in this world if you're not being like, if you're like, I'm pretty good with a gun. And then in a second later, you're like, I have to shoot this and you're bad at it. <laughs> That's it. But as we see in the, with the Amazon, it's like, oh, they did train some, but uh, they don't have the chops when it comes to all the garbage Roxanne was putting in their heads because they didn't actually do that. Yeah. Um, and it's immediately clear as a viewer what's going to go down when that happens. Just <sighs> Roxanne talking about like, yeah, let's just go in and fire like Yosemite Sam just straight in the air. Pew, 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 pew. And that's her whole plan there. They go in and the second, I don't know the name of the old lady who essentially runs the town, but she comes out and she's like, Ugh, I don't know if you want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just back off and you're like, oh, right. They're all criminals. You don't know this yet. You didn't scout it out. You didn't prepare. This is not going to go to the way that you think. Well, and even beyond that, because I don't think they're all like marksman criminals sure. or like, you know, warriors in that way. But I think they are they're aware what we learned sort of over the course of the episodes hearing how they built their society is they're aware of not being free and not being in control of their environment. So I think despite the chill utopia they had with like, it was like an adult wine and cheese party for a lot of the the episode (laughs) here. And I was like, this is especially contrasting with the like kids pool party that the Amazons are throwing. I was like, where they just get drunk and sleep on the boogie boards. I was like, Ugh, <laughs> gross. You're going to wake up uh, sleeping in a bathing suit or wet so clothes. Fruity. You're going to be so yeah. fruity. Oh yeah. The smell in that's, that room. Was I, I gotta be good. honest. I think that's why they didn't win is because they were so pruny. Like they were just a yeah. bunch of raisins coming squeak, in. Squeak, town. squeak, squeak. They couldn't keep their fingers on the triggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I was saying is despite the, the, the outward look and the way they wanted to enjoy themselves, the the women's prisoners were like, no, we're going to make sure we are locked down. We want to keep this. And they are prepared. Of course they're prepared. They know what it's like to not have, not be in control of, of your world. And they, just the way they wreck the Amazon. Uh, and even 355 comes in like, I can't believe these people are attacking this way. <laughs> She's like rolling her eyes. And then on top of it all, uh, the the rest of the people there are, are hard Harder than she thought they would be. Well, but there's also that front where not only do you get the Amazons not knowing that these former criminals are going to completely destroy them, but them taking out 355, that's another moment as a viewer where you're like, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry this is about to happen to you. 355 is going to completely destroy you at this point. Um, I thought it was interesting that she went back, actually, 355 in the middle of this to, I, I assume ostensibly to help Yorick and get him out, but it also seemed like she had an investment in this community at this point as well and was trying to help them at least a little bit. I think so. I think I see two motivations or a split motivation for her there. She's been having so much struggle um, just trying to in the quiet moments since they've been at this uh, utopian um, uh, park or whatever you want to call the the community there. And when she smells a, a, a fight, she's like, oh, now I can just be myself and go mm-hmm. back there because she, she picks up the gun, finds her uh, spot, and she's just like – she snipes um, – she helps them out, snipes people. I think she's like, oh, this feels natural. This is my programming kicking back in. Um, and then secondarily, I do think part of her programming sort of falling away in these – this especially the last two episodes, she's been so nice. She's been friendly. Mm-hmm. She's been opening up. I believe it. It's not like she's putting on an act like it was in the first five or six episodes. And I think she does care about these people. She knows y- Yora cares about these people. And I think in general, she's like, these people could use my help and I can easily fix this and be out of this. Let's jump over to something else. And maybe I'm forgetting something for the comic. At this point, I think all spoilers are you know, off. You can talk yeah. about whatever because who knows what's actually going to happen. But ultimately in the comic book, Yorick and 355 get together. That's the big romance at the end there. That's what comes together. I think the show is heading in a very different direction because Allison in 355 is great. Yeah. Like, I really like this flirtation understanding that they've struck up. I don't know if 355 is necessarily in that direction yet. Certainly... Alice is pretty horny all the time, so yeah. I don't think she would object to hooking up with 355. But the thing where they have this whole conversation about what has 355 tried so that she doesn't sleepwalk, and the only thing I think worked was a sandbag, right? Sandbag. Yeah. So, attaching a sandbag to her arm. But like. then ultimately, it's Allison just sleeping next to her that keeps her calm. Holding her. Holding her. I thought it could just be viewed as calm. That's what she needs. She lost her parents. She just needs somebody to love her. But I certainly think there's potential romance in the future there. And if the show was to continue, I think there'll be an exciting and interesting new direction to go in. I do too. And even beyond that, I would say, I bet they could play with almost a love triangle here Mm. um, with 355 being at the center of it and, and her feeling shifting maybe and like I, I don't know how how real it, any of it would be, but when you get three people together, and there is that sort of flirtation on the table amongst at least some uh, organizational organization of them, like that could go, that's a great situation for like rivalries, like someone winning, someone losing, someone feeling great, someone feeling bad, and then if uh, there's any further steps uh, sexually, it could open up the whole relationship in a cool yeah. way. Absolutely. Uh, so that was very good. Really liked Allison in this episode as well, just as usual. Her whole thing about – what was the animal she was talking about? I wrote it down, but I'm missing um, – I, I don't remember. Uh, there's some animal she's talking about is going to die out, which I thought was interesting. Oh, um, yeah. Her mentioning the different pace that animals are going to die out, and she just sort of has that running tally in her head of like, yeah. well, we lost that. That, that's their life cycle done. They're not coming back, um, which really does do a good job, not to jump over to this, but does a good job of giving a ticking clock in terms of their mission 
with Yorick, that it's not just about the human race. It's about literally the entire ecosystem of the planet if they can't figure out what's going on, potentially. Yeah, 100%. Uh, let's jump over and talk about Yorick, though, The Last Man, and what his arc was like in this episode. How'd you feel about it, and how'd you feel about where he ended up at the end of the season? Uh, well, to see to see in the flashbacks him being this... Like if there's having done comedy for so long, if there's anything worse than someone describing an improv scene they did, it's someone describing a magic trick they want to do. <laughs> and that's what we get at the top of the episode talking about this like Elvis Presley's uh, unborn brother thing. And like, but I, I love the line, why does fate choose one man uh, that he says and then come to find out fate chose him. Uh, and when we jump to the present, he is sort of wrapped up in something that is small potatoes much like his magic trick he's like trying to figure out if he should um be with this woman who sort of wants to be with him uh, i love the line from her so what's your plan you're gonna be a real johnny Applebick? yeah uh which i was like <laughs> oh so funny um yes and he you see him sort of being like am i that and he is to in most people's eyes um something we should talk about later is kimber specifically um but we learn that he's only ever slept with Beth. Um, now he's in the situation um, when Sonia opens up to him about um, being uh, about killing someone that that just absolute honesty, I think, flips him. He's like, it's on. They mm -hmm. have sex. And then he ha is hit by reality in a huge way with her dying, them having to run, seeing Hero, hearing his mom's uh, quote unquote dead. Uh, and I think that that hardens him. I think his arc to, to say it all, his arc for the season is like, hey, man, this is reality now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a good arc for him. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit, the, I think, in the last episode about him being in this semi-utopia that it allowed him to fall back on his pre-apocalypse habits that he was 10 to 15 percent getting to a point where he was understanding, OK, this is what reality is. This is what's going on. And this just let him fall back. This let him be goofy Yorick, who has no responsibilities again, can wander around, talk about his magic tricks, just have a good time. But like you're saying, all of this death and destruction and seeing Hero reject him at the end of the episode yeah. ties into that overall theme of who are you really? And I think what Yorick doesn't know is who he is, really. He's been protected by his parents. He's been protected by society. He's been protected now by 355 and certainly to an extent Allison as well. And now he's been protected by Sonia and all of the women in this community. And that's all gone. And him sobbing in that silo and ultimately saying to 355, no, this needs to be a partnership. I need to learn to fight. I need to learn yep. to protect myself. Train me. Yeah, exactly. That's him saying... No, I, I need to find out who I am, actually, you know, beyond whatever I've been my entire life. And that that's exciting. That's a potential exciting place he could have gone going forward. 100%. And hopefully we'll get to see it. But uh, I love this moment as well. Like, 355 could have easily been like, ugh, this guy's crying in a silo right now and I have to deal with this. And instead <laughs> she opens up. a silo up with his tears? He's making salty beer with all this wheat here, <laughs> An oatmeal, overnight weepy oats. Uh, the She opens up to him and she's like, here's what when I was in a dark place where you are right now and I got out of it and now I'm a badass. 
And I think he's like, oh, I want that too. <laughs> well, I think uh, there's we part that. of that, but there's also a reversal of the roles in a certain way where obviously this changes very quickly once they get the signal for the culprit ring, but 355 has realized, oh, I'm free. I, I yeah. don't have my responsibilities. The president is dead. I have no orders. There's no culprit ring. I can do whatever I want at this point. And versus Yorick, who is realizing, oh, wait, I do actually have this responsibility to the world. Maybe I am Johnny Appledick, or maybe it is something else, but whatever it is, I need to step it up here. So I love the idea that in this scene, they really meet somewhere in the middle and it solidifies their partnership and relationship going forward. Um, yeah, of course, joining a new pantheon of um, American folk heroes, Johnny Appledick, Paul, get it on with his um, uh, <laughs> big blue fox, fox, big blue fox. Exactly. Uh, babe, the big blue fox. Yeah. Everyone's fox, having sex. fox. F-U-X. But, yep. Yeah. Yep. Big blue fox. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. You're putting we me on the spot children's. Here. We should write children's <laughs> books. We should. Yeah. Um. um Paul Rev- here. I, I, don't know. I don't know. I'll work on that one. Paul right here. Yeah, I don't, oh, there we go. That's okay. I'm having a hard time naming other American folk heroes. <laughs> that's, that's the big problem here. Not the puns about sex. It's coming up with American folk heroes. It is funny to think at any point in your life where you're like Paul Bunyan, real, real man, <laughs> yes. real giant who wandered around America. He had a large ox. It was blue. And it's also funny that we are taught when we're kids, like, See that apple tree? This one guy planted it. <laughs> he planted all these apple trees. But that's he true. He would walk right? around. Yeah. yeah <laughs> was, it, when I was a kid, I was like, that sounds like a fun job. Is that available to me? And it turns <laughs> out it's not a job. Oh. Well, there are people who plant orchards. They're kind of like the original Johnny Appleseed. Actually, the original Johnny Appleseed was William Shakespeare. Wow. Oh, he planted ideas in our heads. Oh, that's really cool. He still is. Did he wear a pot on his head as a hat? Uh, yep. Yeah, what he was writing. It, it reflected was that the of, ideas back into his head. Was that part of Johnny Appleseed, or am I just making that up? The pot on his head? No. I. Are you thinking of Forbush Bad from Marvel Comics? Uh, that's, this is, we know more about um, this show I know than we is, do about America. What's his name? Daniel. <laughs> Boone. Daniel Boone. Or, oh, of course, um, Davy Crockett, Davy or Crockett. as we call him, Davy Fuckett. Yeah. Ah, nice. Okay, I think we could wrap up this section and move on and talk about Kimber instead. So, yeah, Kimber has a sex dream about Yorick and decides she is going to find the last man on Earth and fuck him. That's her plan. Uh, And it's especially, I mean, Kimber's a character we got to see so much of. And um, we, she just has this small section really in this episode. But I really liked this. She, we just get the apex of her, her arcs all this season. She is... She's fetishized the idea of having um, kids again um, to the point where she's having sex with someone she hates, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yorick, and wakes up as like Christine, who is pregnant, and they're going to have like the craziest road trip you could imagine as they try to find Yorick for purely sex. Did you like the idea that uh, Kimber and Christine were in a barn? They woke up like in a manger, basically, with their miracle baby that's coming into society. I thought, yeah, it it was idyllic. They had the best, uh, the best little wake up moment, I think, of Mm -hmm. anybody. Uh, yeah, I love that moment with Kimber. She has become completely unhinged here at the end of the season, which feels very close to her ultimate form. I'm curious if this was to continue 
if we'd start to see any sympathy for Kimber again, because there was certainly a point towards the middle of the season where it felt like, oh, she's she's gaining a little bit of her humanity. She's understanding this world a little bit more. But these past few episodes have completely sent her off the deep end. Yeah. Um, and it's good. I, I, I like that arc. I like. I like all, all these characters' arcs, um, I think. I will, I, unless you have more to say about Kimber, I do want to jump back to Nora for a second. Go for Victoria. it. Um, it is wild to me. She's so on board in the beginning of the episode with this plan. Like, she's fully committed to this bullshit that she's spun. And she's like, we are going to take down this village and take control of it or whatever. Like, she's the villain, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I I think she admittedly is completely focused on the safety of her daughter. That is the only thing that she cares about is creating a world, not even necessarily for herself, but to keep her daughter alive. There's this push and pull there where uh, sometimes it does come down to her and she starts to be a little selfish there. But I think ultimately that's what she's always looking towards. And the, her being so relatively erratic in terms of her loyalties come down to thinking a couple of steps ahead in the chess match. Like we talked about with Roxanne, she's always now. She's like, I've got this plan. I'm going to execute it. Here we go. We're in it. Now I'm going to keep doing these other things that I'm doing. Like she doesn't think through quite enough. She has like one step plans, but Nora can see a couple of steps in the future. She isn't always in the power situation to be able to get there. But throughout the episode, she's on board with Roxanne. As soon as the tide starts to turn, she's like, I got to shut this down somehow. I got to keep my daughter alive and by extension, myself alive. And so that's why she surrenders there. I'm surprised they just let them go back to the pool party. But they go there. And then ultimately she sees that Roxanne is going to be a liability to her daughter's survival, she's already won over Hero, and that's really all she needs to turn the last of, frankly, the sheep in the Amazon over to her side, so she knows, okay, this is a move that I can make. This is what I can do. This is how I can get these people in this situation to keep going forward. Interesting. I had a, a very different interpretation of that. Okay. Um, I don't think she only cares about her daughter. Um, mm-hmm. If she cared about her daughter, the scene where um, Mackenzie um, uh, gets her period for the first time, Nora's like, yeah, you're a woman now. It's sort of pretty melancholy <laughs> about it. Like not being – she's not trying to help her per se. And then they're talking and she's like, oh, you sound like Roxanne. And she's like, Roxanne sounds like me. That to me is about her. She's like, mm-hmm. I'm powerful here. The episode is about her taking power. In the situation where the, all of the Amazons are getting killed, she's there to – she does – you know, save her daughter from being hurt there, but she's just, you know, trying to figure out the way that she can get up. It's not about getting safe. Like she could have easily made a case with the, the, the community there that they, her or her and her daughter, like, Hey, we got caught up in this. Can we come stay here? And maybe found her way in there. But instead she goes back, she kills Roxanne in front of her daughter. Didn't have to do that. They could have walked out of there. The Roxanne didn't want her there anymore. Um, and then she has a speech about not just like, we don't need that bullshit. We need to be real for ourselves and we can actually live here and build a society like we just tried to ruin. No, she's like, they will fear us. She wants to dominate. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with her daughter. It is not as safe for her daughter to become a, an Amazon, a group of Amazons going out there and killing people. 
it's much safer if they were to build a community there, but she chooses the other path. That's fair. Uh, I, I do think maybe there's a midway point, though, where over the course of the episode, she is in this mode of thinking ahead in protection mode, but ultimately reaches her breaking point particularly because of Roxanne and the way that Roxanne is acting, where she's just not going to take it anymore. She's done with it, and she's decided to be true to herself, like we've been talking around per the theme of the episode. Right, but I I think maybe true to herself is someone who is not good. Like, she's Mm. in, right before she kills Roxanne, she's in the bathroom trashing it. It's like, what? Why are you doing that? Is that just all of the this personality shifting going on in her, and she's just like, fighting it oh she but just I, doesn't like bathrooms yeah she's like oh, we should have cleaned this before we left we're irresponsible <laughs> pool guests everybody pee in the pool she but i i just think she's more of a sociopath or she has mm-hmm. these tendencies where she's only looking out for herself not even her and her daughter but herself potentially uh I I don't I feel like I'm just a little bit hesitant to call her a sociopath because I think the thing that we're supposed to take away from here again is about becoming your true self and who you are meant to be. In this case, she has always listened to everybody else's orders, always supported other people, always been the voice behind the voice and never the one in front, but ultimately that isn't what she's wanted her whole life. That's just been what she was told what she was allowed to be, what she had to become to survive. So her becoming Victoria again and leading the Amazons, maybe that isn't her final form. Maybe she still has places to go. But potentially maybe that's her overcorrecting in terms of I was in this one place that was behind. Now I'm going to be out in front. Will she always be that person in front? Is she always going to be the person in charge? Or is there a happy medium? We don't know. Yeah. Now, what do you think about Hero as a person at where we end up here? Because Yorick very quickly is like, my sister's brainwashed. And I was like, you got all that from your four-sentence interaction with her? Okay. (laughs) I, yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised. I know this is almost exactly how it goes in the comic book when they meet up, but I am surprised that Hero didn't go with him because I don't know what Kool-Aid hero is drinking at this point you know like i don't know exactly what she needs out of this situation necessarily yeah i I don't know either but it does feel like she still hasn't defined who she is Mm -hmm. all the flashback scenes which again i thought were great especially for hero seeing her being this agitator in the family someone who is harmed by her family in their interactions across the board she but she's able to see her dad is having an affair when no one else does or no one else is paying attention like she is observational she can see the the truth in people but she can't find it in herself is maybe the takeaway or she just can't get on even ground um and it feels like at with the amazons she did feel powerful she did feel like she was on even ground and she's clearly not ready to give that up to go uh, run around with yorick But now is she hearing Nora slash Victoria's speech and is like, oh, I want what she just decided to have. Maybe. I I think that's definitely possible because like you're saying, Hero has not stepped up in any way necessarily. She is almost doing the opposite of what Yorick is doing. She found her comfort zone just following Nora slash Roxanne's orders, having people tell her what to do, having people value her as well, which we see in the flashback scenes. There's that 
awful moment where she asks, oh, what am I in your escape trick, Yorick? And he's like, oh, yeah, you're there too. Ugh. Ugh. And that's sort of what it seems like she's been her entire life is she's the other woman in that relationship. She's the other child in yeah. her family. That's, yeah, that's she's not she's not the leader of the Amazons. So she's still on the side there. She's still kind of in that position. She's still in that second position. So I don't know. I think her journey is definitely not done. And it's interesting the place she ends up, but certainly of all the characters, it's perhaps purposefully inexplicable exactly what her growth path has been over the course of the season, you know? Well, let, let me ask you, and maybe it's pertinent to it, and I'm surprised we didn't find out what happened here, but right before, in the flashback, right before um, uh, my girl Jay, um, the President Jay, gets up to leave um, the dinner, she whispers something in Hero's ear, and we don't hear what it is. We just see Hero's face. What was that, do you think? What um, was the idea? Man, I I don't know. I assume that was the moment that led to their break, right? Like we're supposed to take a take away. That was the thing that led to Hero not ever wanting to talk to Jennifer again. Uh, potentially, I don't know. I mean, I it, I can't believe we didn't. I thought we were for sure at the end of the episode we were going to see the reverse shot and have um, uh, Jennifer Brown saying something like. I, I I love you, hero. I know you're struggling right now, or something positive, or something like you're. You need to take a break from this family, yeah. or something. Maybe, maybe she said something like, "You need to pay the check." Yeah, <laughs> this is on you. Yeah, this is on you. It's you you're trying to pick one. this up. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, hey, I could don't you know. Bu- hey, could you box up the rest of my? I just really want that pasta. It was really good. It was sort <laughs> of a crab. It was like a crab in it. So, what's your name again? <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable asking this after everything. This is happened. so weird. What's your name? You've again? been my daughter for a while, but uh, what's your name? Um, I don't <laughs> Can't know. Can't be I, hero. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's crazy. That's a crazy name to name a person. Uh, I I don't think it matters to me that much what she said so much. Oh, well, I think it's huge. Yeah. If, if Jen Brown and, and Hero is a, like one of the central relationships of this season for sure. Um, then I, that feels like a defi- absolutely defining moment for them. I don't know. What was the – why am I blanking on this? The Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson movie. Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. There we go. Um, it's the same thing. You don't need to know what they whispered at the end of the movie. You just need to know the intention of that scene. And here um, I think it's that was the break between them, whatever they said. That is why Hero does not want to go to Washington, doesn't want to see her mother – doesn't seem to react that much when she seemingly finds out that Jennifer is dead and reacts more when she's telling Yorick, if anything. And I believe that was more, I, I took that as more about her relationship with Yorick than a relationship with Jennifer. Yeah. Um, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. We'll find out in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, nice. Um, and one other thing to say about um, these flashback scenes, like every character sort of lays out the thing that heightened after the the apocalypse, after the pandemic, mm-hmm. to make them into the person that they are now, um, like Hero being an agitator, and then she's uh, where she is. Beth, sort of being a little bit like we need to change the system, and then she's like in a, suddenly in a, this terrorist organization that takes down the Pentagon. I thought that was a cool way of sort of seeding mm-hmm. the people that we know they've already become. And honestly, it was nice seeing that scene also to 
remember that, oh, right, Beth does know Yorick's parents had met them because it honestly yeah. threw me a little bit when she came back and Jennifer instantly let Beth into the Pentagon. Um, but seeing this retroactively made that okay because it reminded me, oh, they were dating for a really long time. They had a relationship. They treated her like a daughter. Everybody knew each other. So it it made a lot of those actions that we've seen in previous episodes make more sense to me. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, one last thing to talk about maybe. How do you feel about the Culper ring becoming the power, like the government maybe? Yeah. And becoming like basically the central focus of um, what would have been a season two or maybe will be a season two. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of a TV show, frankly, um, to see that. Like certainly conspiracy elements. It's interesting. Like they got the trackers. They're badasses. Of course you want to watch that on TV. I think there's a lot of different things to explore in the world. And Focusing in on the Culper Ring doesn't necessarily negate all the other things that are going on there, like Kimber and Christine, like everything that's going on with the Amazons and Victoria, I guess now. Um, those are all things that could exist together, and you can add more things on there. We haven't gotten into – there was only a little hint of this, but what's going on with the Israelis, which is a big deal in the comic book yeah. as well. So having this spy ring in the center of a lot of other elements – Certainly gives you, I think, a good hook going into a season two, but it doesn't need to be the only thing in a season two. Right. Yeah. Agreed. That all said, who knows if we're going to get a season two, if ever. Maybe this is the last episode. Maybe not. Regardless, thank you all for listening along. I will tease that we are going to have at least one more episode of this podcast yes, with a special, special guest. So... Stay tuned for that. That'll be coming into your ear holes pretty soon. In the meantime, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Why the Last Man. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And... Uh, oh, we did. We forgot to say who's the man. Yeah, we got to say who's the man. But it's good. We got the business out of the way. Now we yes, can just exactly. take it home. Business in the front, party in the back. That's what I always say. Who That's was it. the bad in this episode? Um, I think I'm going to give it up for 355 in this episode. Like, uh, I really like the character, the person that she's become, sort of coming through all of this. Well, she's been able to be nice and sort of start to ha build a family um, again. The family that she lost, uh, that she talked about in the car accident with uh, Yorick and 355, while at the same time uh, maintaining some pretty solid badass credentials. I, for a second episode in a row, I'm going to give it up to Nora slash Victoria, I think, because wow. she went from a character that I did not know the purpose of the show to one of the central characters in the show over the course of 10 episodes. And that's some really impressive plotting to make you care, yes, or at least true. to make me care about a character that I could have cared less about in the first couple of episodes. That's great. Uh, and her evolution has been fascinating to watch. Certainly it can go in a bunch of different directions like we've been talking about, but it's cool. It's interesting and it feels very different. And just one last thing, shout out to the show and everybody that worked on it. Uh, I know it's a bummer news that y'all got. I hope it, it comes together. But this, I really enjoyed this show. Um, I, I'm excited to go back and reread the comics just to get more of this world. Um, so it was great. Great season. 
Totally agreed. And for all of you out there, once and for all, let's answer the question, why the cast, man? This is why the cast, man. Why the cast, man?